And we are live once again. Everybody knows every Tuesday night at 8, it's time for another exciting edition of the MCW cast. Now, we already know I'm legacy MCW announcer Larry Legend. Joining us this week. Larry, you're looking so fine this week. My mama made me that <laughs> Look, way. look. Sweet Larry Legend, <laughs> just Boston Celtics jersey well, on. Right? Already, you know what you, it is. You, 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 what is that? What's in that bag right there? Oh, oh this mind. is uh these are all goodies from the cannabis festival that I uh I hosted this past weekend in Atlantic City. And I was gonna talk How about the coffee. How did I not get invited to this? You you were handling birthday parties or uh, you know what up? You're right. I, I was I was working all week. You're right. Duties, I was you know, I was working are. all weekend. I thought, right. I thought that was a Canadian hat, but uh, I mean it's a type of maple. <laughs> it's a type of maple, but uh no, this it is, is all, a leaf. It is a leaf. Flag, my green swag from uh the cannabis festival in Atlantic City presented by Boardwalk Buds. Um, but we're going to get to that. I'm Brent Tearing. I'm Tara. <laughs> it's my first time outside the house. Sorry, guys. And uh, we're so excited to have you all with us again um, for another. What, what, what episode is this? 25? 25. Good we God. We're silver. 25. Yep. We are silver. 25. Got to make our way to gold before long. That would be what, what 100? 100. Let's go yeah, with 100. 100. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> we make the rules. I, I just tell me and I'll type it. <laughs> so uh, a lot happened this week. Uh. A lot going on in the world of wrestling, um, but I don't want to mess up your your guys' flow. What do we usually tackle next? Uh, I was just um, looking at the the recap of Danny Mays' appearance last week. A fellow stick man, mm-hmm. a fellow microphone MC manager, master of ceremonies, and Danny Mays is literally like one of he, he's one of the best. Now mm-hmm. I don't know how you feel about this, Larry. Like I know. When you get in there with like a fel- another play-by-play guy, like when two big Jack guys are around, there's Jack guy heat. Two handsome guys, there's handsome guy heat. <laughs> with ring announcing though, like Larry and Danny, both of y'all, two different flavors of ice cream, right? Indeed. Both phenomenal. Both of you guys bring an energy to the people and to the show that otherwise would not exist. You make it fun to be there. You're the first thing the fans see. And you make it fun to be there. But do you guys have heat? Because you're occupy, occupying the same airspace now. Do you ever look at him and go, he's, he's good, but... Well, you know, it's funny you bring it up. <laughs> we it's did. Funny we talked about this last week. Yeah, we should have. I we, don't know why we, we did danced. We talk about it. Well, we talked about the with heat Al. with Al. Al yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, the difference between Al and Danny was that Danny, for whatever reason... Just always approach me with so much reverence. Yeah, kind of yeah. like when we bought in Gary Michael Capetta up at mm-hmm. the North Point Flea Market. You know, uh, when when we he brought him back, here too. Oh, I wasn't around for that. Okay, when, when, a couple back years ago the, for the one of the le- tribute to the legends convention, we had him here for the. Convention. He's a regular yeah, of right. CW yeah. Pro. Uh, but the first time, you know, I was pretty much waiting on him hand and foot because mm-hmm. I mean, this is the Gary Michael Capetta, someone that I grew up in and it influenced my career for many, many years. So to be able to even share the same space with him, I kind of was like, Mr. Capetta, can I get you that, you know, bottle of water? Mm-hmm. Oh, right. So wait, Mr. Capetta, you know, like kind of yeah, like, I yeah. got, you know, yeah. so, so Danny, uh, in all the times that I ever came as a, as a guest, a lot of the times at the behest of the bruiser, because mm-hmm. I think he really enjoyed that, that intro that I gave him for all those years. Danny always was like right there. Like, yeah. uh, look, I, I got, uh, why don't we have you do this? You know, almost taking like almost like a directorial right, right. role of like, Okay, we got three announcers. Boom, this is what we're right. going to do. Al, you're going to start it off. I'm going to go down the middle. Larry, you close it out big. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I always admired that about yeah. him. And I knew, you know, he cared. 
Right. You know, he, he was he was so easy to work with when he started. Well, we talked about this a little bit last week, how there was heat between Al and Danny. But at the same time, that was when I was starting ring announcing and there wasn't heat between Al and I. Like he just right. was like, oh, we'll we'll share. We'll split the card. We'll do this, you know. But then, oh, Danny Mays is here. Maybe it wasn't. I guess I was. Well, I'd known Al for I, I knew him for 20 plus years. And, you know, we started in radio together. So maybe we had that connection that. Danny was an outsider at the time. Now, if I had come back to an MCW Pro show and I'd seen that Danny Mays was like a schlemiel, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> a, real a, 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 two, a two-tone suit on there, you know, white socks. Cobweb. Yeah, like, yeah, you know like, what I'm saying? And we have seen bin. quite a few MCs that look the part of what right. I'm describing. Now, if he looked like that, I don't care how reverent he would have been. I would have had heat with him because, right. I mean, this is my mantle. Right. You, know, you take I'm... this serious. Exactly. Man. You know, yeah. because, you know, they're only going to believe as much as you believe. So... Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So no, no heat between Danny and I ever. And actually, Brent, as a as an MC and as an MC that gets around, anytime that I have the opportunity to kind of uh, chop it up with another ring announcer, especially mm-hmm. some of the ones that are kind of bubbling and really dress down for the nines or up to the nines or however that mm-hmm. saying goes, I, I really will go out of my way to you know connect with them, mm-hmm. discover. And then, like, respond. And who knows, work out some, like, Joel and Larry heat, which turned, Ooh. you know, we we didn't right. have any real heat, but right, that was right. a number two feud of the I year that, that year, you know? I remember. So, it's interesting, too, like, what you guys just described is two types of people, right? There's the people in wrestling who, no matter what is happening, they're going to have heat with somebody. Somebody, I got to have heat. I got to have heat with somebody. Right. The core of it, you know? it's, in, it's fragile ego, yeah. insecurity, right? And then there's other people like you just said, let's see what I can learn from them. Mm-hmm. You'll give them a chance. You know, like if some, somebody's straight up just like, oh, come on, man. Right. I'm done with you. Yeah, we. I'm not going to call it heat. I'm just done with you. Um, but you see that now, these these uh, the two different types of people. And I've, I've encountered that in wrestling now. Like for me with like play-by-play and commentary, mm-hmm. very, you know, once in a while run into another white boy with a square jaw and the the hard part but he don't got no cane and no limp so i'm, I'm a little... <laughs> right? now if you wheel in another play-by-play guy in a wheelchair yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, i might have some hair yeah you know, we might yourself down there. Lucky up to Look, yeah it might get a little tense in here you know what i'm saying the temperature might rise no i, I think that's the way to because you see like and that's that's just how the business is built. Like it's, it's so easier. competitive. It's easier when you're when you play together. You well, know what I mean? That's a new school yeah. mentality, though. Yeah. The old school it, it was. It was. Remember, we were taught like protect your neck. Son, yeah, yeah. The territory. Look out days. for you because no one else is going to. Well, and you know yeah. something, and I wanted to bring this up. I hate to really dwell on the last episode that much, but this is something I was kind of kicking myself for. Mm. Um, in regards to Al. And in particular, the MC role. Mm-hmm. There have been countless times that I've heard about an MC kind of starting with a particular group. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking Ring of Honor and Steven DeAngelis, former ECW announcer. Mm-hmm. He kind of slid right into Ring of Honor in its, in its early, early slid years. Slid is a good verb. Uh, Slithered well, he got, slid. He got, he got <laughs> slinked. He got his tail in there. Yeah. Until Gabe took Ring of Honor to the New England area. Mm. And that's when... A young Bobby Cruz yes. uh, from that that Boston area came there, and Karina I, was quite fond of and, him. Yes, indeed, and the rest is history. Bobby Cruz is fantastic. He is mm-hmm. one of my favorite announcers to share a microphone with. But you know, Steve still 
holds a great deal of resentment towards Bobby Cruz. And still, if he tells the story, you know, says, you know, that kind of, you know, I, I took one weekend off and Bobby mm-hmm. came and just grabbed that microphone with an iron. You're damn right he did. Absolutely. You and, know, and, and that is why, in Al's defense, I know the territory of the microphone. Mm-hmm. And I know how those spots are, are... You don't really have three announcers on a show. Right, right. Somebody's so, not getting paid. Right. You know what I mean? So... Right. And what's the number one rule when you're in there with that mic? Don't you let nobody ever take it from you. Watch that on AEW every week. They're kicking Tony Schiavone out of the ring. Mm-hmm. I'm going, who doesn't want to be interviewed by Tony Schiavone? Right. It was never, one of, never let them get that mic. It was one of the things I was I wanted to mention to Danny. Again, not to dwell too much on yeah. 2024, but... You know, all of the announcers on TV today are like, they get bullied. They do. You know, ne- no one ever did that to Gene Okerlund. Be- very it- beta. They're these yeah. beta little little simps. Yeah. Man. They- yes. Joey Styles straight up knocked out JBL, bro. I had to call MMA one time with JBL, and the whole time he's on me about, you know, calling me gay. Calling- and, I fu- and I laid him out in the middle of the broadcast. He was just duty face the whole time. Mm-hmm. I'm coming for you, John Bradshaw. Yeah, that's ABL. Yeah, I'm sure he's listening oh to the MCW my. cast. And speaking of listening to the MCW cast or viewing it, uh, all yeah. the platforms, uh, we Apple want you to Podcast, like, subscribe. Google Play, yeah. SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Radio Public, CastBox. Subscribe. Don't just listen. Subscribe to all of those sources. And, of course, if you want to watch the video format, we've got it on YouTube, uh, Twitch, and Facebook. Couldn't think for a second there. Okay. That's a lot. And speaking of YouTube, don't forget that's where you can check out our Flashback Friday. Mm. So when we go on these walks down memory lane, as we are want to do mm-hmm. um, here at the MCW cast, you can check out some of these uh, matches. The one that will be up this week is from 2015, Autumn Armageddon. Double it was a. a loser leaves MCW match, and it was um, against the legend Mickey James mm. versus Amber Rodriguez. I recall this match, mm-hmm. I believe. Uh, I think, obviously, um, Mickey has performed in MCW since then. She has. So either the stipulation was paper thin or Amber was <laughs> yeah. gone. And I remember it being. <laughs> Amber did leave. I don't know the way that this story goes. <laughs> Amber uh, did leave. She actually wound up joining the Coast Guard, I believe, right after that. Yeah, shortly it, thereafter. Wow. It's funny but, how that you know, coincided. Amber has made her return to MC, not to MCW, sorry. Wrestling. Amber has made her return to wrestling. Yeah. Oh. She took some time off, did the thing. You know, with had the Coast Guard, had a kid, right? And now she's back. And uh, I wonder you know, that mom energy. I wonder how. Yeah, it's the car. Well, that, it's that whole mom role model thing, like that. I'm going to be Dude. a role model for my daughter. It's you know, different, right? Before, but, you know? <laughs> but before you have these, before a lot of women performers have children, mm-hmm. and then after when they come back, it's a different. You're, you got a different animal on your hands, brother. Yep. yep, indeed. All right, well. I want to, real quick, go before ahead. we go to our first break, just shout out our coffee club members. Yes, thank you, Larry. We have been enjo- enjoying some cold brew. We don't have any out right now, but that's okay. We'll go to a break and get some placed. But um, also, uh, with my travels this weekend, I got to host a cannabis festival mm-hmm. up in uh, New Jersey, Atlantic City, and I came across this new coffee made with hemp and MCT, and it's called... That sounds delicious. High Coffee Grounds. Yeah, so... Uh, we will be brewing up some of this and probably enjoying it. And shout out to the uh, the company, Only Hemp Farms, for providing this delicious uh, morning 
Actually, with the way it makes you feel, afternoon is that wake and bake kind of deal. And well, just, yeah, it's got just to clarify, it's got hemp is one hundred percent legal to buy and consume mm. in the United States, thanks to the Farm Bill. Lovely. Okay, just want yeah. to throw that disclaimer out there. Well, I'm still kind of in the haze of the weekend, hence my, <laughs> my green jersey, and I had some of this before I came in. You know, I've got the cannabis leaf bling bling, but we'll get into. We're going to take a break yeah. and make some coffee. Indeed. <laughs> Welcome back to the MCW cast. We got so excited here in that first segment. I'm talking mean, about coffee. Co- I've had yeah. too much of the uh, <laughs> yeah. the coffee I club it was here. Coming, it was going to be here. So usually we uh, we introduce our guests. We tell you yeah. a little background about them. And uh, I seem to I'll take the heat. I forgot. I forgot to. And now he's. Where is he? Not here. Where's our guest? I don't see anybody in the chair. And uh, usually the invisible we're... man. I mean, Tara, you did take us to that I break did. quite quickly. Heats on Tara. It was the I coffee. Mean, I wanted more coffee. Oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, there he is. Well, international <laughs> sensation, <laughs> the Peruvian dream. Peruvian dream. Easy, easy, a nice, easy. Yeah. yeah. We're working. Studio. We're not working stiff tonight, brother. We're working. Yeah. All right. Well, okay, what a pleasant okay. surprise for our silver. Silver edition of the MCW cast. Were you behind there the whole time for the first segment? I I don't know where I was. I don't know where you were. <laughs> I don't know where I was. I just showed up. I just opened my eyes and I heard my name, Ryo, and I just came out of the table. That's all. Globetrotter. <laughs> Globetrotter. Ryo. Yeah, well, you might not. He is, you are all over the place these true. days. Exactly. I mean, which we will talk yeah, about, right. but you are all over the place <laughs> these days, and we're thankful that you made time in your busy schedule, international schedule, I might say, your busy international schedule to thank you so join much, us Sarah. in the studio live. Thank you. Uh, thank you guys for bringing me here. Like, I, I'm very thankful for this opportunity you know i want to tell my story and stuff like that you know what i mean well it's rare that you would get the opportunity to you know i i i really want to like tackle this thing because obviously people watching and listening to the mcw cast can see and hear that there's there's an accent right there's a, there can be english is what your second language yeah english is my second language and you are from like we said i was born in lima peru lima mm-hmm. peru that's the capital of peru isn't it yeah, Lima is the capital. Peru is the country. South America, if people don't know, <laughs> not central. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but a lot of people don't, do they? Uh, some people do, some people don't. It just depends on who you ask and what location, yeah. and if they went to school or not. You know. Well, from from a from an announcer's <laughs> pers- from an announcer's perspective, it's exactly why I gave you that rousing introduction <laughs> after you no. popped up from down below as the international mm-hmm. sensation. Ryo, and not only international sensation. I used uh, to be the soccer sensation. I, I, I love that. You know, it was unique for our MCW fans. You'll know what we're talking about. If you're new to MCW, um, Ryo was not just a wrestling sensation, but a soccer sensation. <laughs> and it was something new and different. And, you know. It was fun. It was fun. It, it was, was a lot fun. Of fun. If you can yeah. go to MCW Rage TV, I believe, mm-hmm. and catch up on all those things. Yep. And you'd come out with uh with your team with the bruiser for a while and you'd come out with the soccer ball and all types of uh it was like odd couple stuff, right? It Nonsense, was so hilarity fun. ensuing. Oh, Tara was involved in all of it. It was she, so you know, she was... fun. I can't even like I remember coming up with like the first one and then like I kind of was hesitant to like say it to to Bruiser and then he was like that's kind of funny. Let's do it. And I was like, yes. <laughs> all right. And then it was like, then we all just kind of brainstormed and, you know, let's do this. Let's do that. You had so many great ideas. And it was like, 
just the idea of yeah, it. Yeah, I felt like it was like a, it was a teamwork, you know. It really like, was. It was, it was like, awesome. Uh, it was so it was much natural. Fun. It was natural. Yeah. It felt genuine. The the like the bruiser or whoever would be sitting there, and they'd be getting lacing up or whatever, and the ball would roll <laughs> in the frame, <laughs> and he'd be like, "Oh no, not this! Oh my!" And he was like eager. Uh, he's so eager to please. And so eager to show this the, the top guy in MCW that he's worth uh, being his partner and everything. And <laughs> I felt that, yeah, it's, it's, it's Friends storytelling. Friends with benefits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, at the time I didn't benefits. know what it meant. I really thought we were just friends with benefits. You know, like, your benefits <laughs> is that we win the title, the, right? My <laughs> favorite one. It so was good. my favorite one. <laughs> it was great. I was 19 years old. Come on, guys. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, you know, they say that, that comic timing, It's that's all that it is. It's in the timing. So uh, one thing that I, I know that you bring to the table and maybe a lot of folks that are watching the cast and and learning more about you don't know is uh kind of the uh the the stage presence that comes from classically trained acting so mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit into the fans that don't know and also to me because i actually didn't know this about you you know you kind of started to come along and rise up in mcw during my absence but talk to us a little bit about your uh you know your your training when it comes to the the timing the acting the beats the pauses and all of that good stuff well, I feel, first of all, I feel that MCW is one of the best wrestling schools in the whole world. The reason why is because they train us like like if we're in the military. They show us how to do the basics. They they treat us, they're harsh with us to a certain extent, but it's because they want us to improve. Mm -hmm. So this is the first thing that I want to talk about. Uh, the second thing, the acting part. I feel that, at least personally for me, I feel that in the acting, there has to be something real about yourself. Mm -hmm. There has to be real emotion because to me, wrestling, it's all about connecting with the fans, you know? And that's one thing, like when you're in that ring and the fans see you around, mm -hmm. if you're trying to like be fake to them, if you're trying to pretend pretend to be something that you're not, like the fans are going to notice that. Right. Yeah. So hold on. Let's back it up just a second here. Because um, that covered a lot, a lot of ground. Um, you bring something to the table in the sense that uh, you came from a different country and yes. moved to this country mm -hmm. to pursue a profession that many are called fewer chosen. Mm -hmm. And what has that, coming from a different country, what has that done to your personality to, to mold you into the man you are to, to make you uh, built and, and, and war ready for these kind of uh, encounters you would have in the wrestling business? I feel that it has me, uh, it, it's helped me get out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Like something that I can say is that before I started wrestling, I used to be very shy. I used to, it used to be really hard for me to open up to people or to be able to be myself. Mm -hmm. But through this years with wrestling, that's something that wrestling has given me, that my trainers have given me, is the, the ability to be able to express myself. Because it's pretty amazing, man. Like I couldn't wake up and go to Peru and go, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna be the biggest soap opera star here <laughs> in, in, in Peru and learn the language, be comfortable with the people like what what would happen to me? Would I be I'd be dead within a week? Yeah, not I? just Peru, Lima. <laughs> Lima, right. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's now, about a small place. Am I mistaken? There's not a lot of wrestling in Peru, correct? 
There is a there's a few wrestling promotions, but <laughs> there's not as much because like Peru, South America is more right. known for soccer. Right, that's where right. I got the soccer thing from. <laughs> yeah, I um, I have a... everybody's running a soccer gimmick down there, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a couple of students from Peru, and uh-huh. when I I told them about you actually, and they were like, oh, "That's amazing! We don't have really wrestling, and you know that so, uh, you, that makes an impact. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's that mm-hmm. uh." representation you know so inspiring a younger generation to follow in footsteps and to to know that this is an opportunity that maybe isn't necessarily there now um we will talk a little bit more in the um show about the promotion that you've worked with down there and Mm -hmm. you can tell us all about that but um we want to talk a little bit not just you coming to mcw but you're working for a lot of places these days yeah can i hop on that there that was really interesting because I th- I think this too, ma'am, and it's very important. Like <clears throat> you coming from Peru here is so it seems like such a niche thing that like you're like nobody could relate to that. Nobody can relate to that. That's so. <laughs> she just told you, in her school, there's children there that can relate to that. Like I think that's a big thing that we miss with wrestling because it's 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 an interesting business that is. The line is blurred between fiction and nonfiction, and egos are are either they're massive yet fragile. Mm-hmm. So, what is real within the business of wrestling? Not to get too philosophical, mm-hmm. but the real thing is emotions. The emotions, yeah. and you're somebody's answer. Like somebody out there wants to believe they can do something that everybody else in the world mm-hmm. and they're, it, the whole universe is telling them. You're an, you're you're nuts. You're out of your mind. That can't be done. Yeah, but he he's the he did it, mm-hmm. and that's that's huge. Like that's in my mind, that's what's real in wrestling. Like, uh, you know, it, it, whatever is unique to you. You know what I mean? Um. So anyway, I thought that was something worth. How, how does that do? You, do you think about these things as you go through, uh, the the independent scene and on the bigger and better things with, with some uh, tryouts as they have come. We'll talk about that in a bit with uh, World Wrestling Entertainment. And, um, but that's that's the big one. We're going to wait for that one. Uh, does that go through your head that you're somebody's answer? You're, you're an inspiration, possibly. Like, I'm sure that there is uh, some people that look up to me. And all I wanted to be, uh, besides being, like, a world champion, is to uh, be able to inspire people, you know? Like, I want to teach people that, just what they see in their reality, like that's not the only thing in, in life, you know, like that you can do things beyond that. You just have to really put yourself into it. You have to expand your consciousness. Expanding your consciousness is everything. Mm-hmm. Explain that. What does that mean? So like the best way that I can explain this is in the wrestling business. There's a lot of people, like you said, that they are so like sensitive about things. They are too much in their heads. Mm-hmm. Newer students, as you see them, like they're in the ring. And you put them in the first match for the first time, they don't know what to do. They don't know how to react. They're just remembering spots. What comes next? Yeah. Because they're thinking too much in their head. But when you expand your consciousness, you don't, it's more like you're in tune with everything that's happening around you. You're Mm -hmm. just not, you're not thinking in your little bubble. You're thinking outside of the bubble. Or in other words, thinking outside of the box. Mm -hmm. You're connected with everything Mm. around you, in and around you, so you can react and act accordingly exactly so to me that's expanding your consciousness and of course when it comes to character wise i have come up with this thing called reach the divine state of mind Mm -hmm. 
That's that's trippy, bro. So essentially, all of that acting training that I was mentioning to you or asking about, that's a kind of a way of life, and that that breathes and lives through your your role in in professional wrestling. You know, like like I said, like for something, acting cannot be fake. There has to be something real in that mm -hmm. in order to feel genuine. If it's fake, people are gonna call you phony. They're gonna they can tell you're a phony. You have to be real. Ryo is real. Larry Legend is real. Terry is real. I'm Randy a phony. I'm <laughs> <laughs> a big fat phony. Big faker over there. Um, no, but you're right. Um, I had to, this was years and years ago, but on the Springer show, I had a spot where I had to cry. Uh -huh. And um, I'm not typically a crier, but I had to think back to something that made me cry. Uh -huh. And I put myself, and I, I did acting as well. And uh -huh. that was my, if you look in my high school yearbook, it said I wanted to be an actress. I kind of ended up there, but anyway. You absolutely um, did. Yeah, so I pretty much ended up there. But I made myself like go to a place in my mind that was painful to me mm -hmm. so that I could cry. And it's that, you know, you transport yourself mm -hmm. mentally so that you can do that. And then I remember after the fact, the producer was like, that was great. That was amazing. And like, I didn't know I could even cry on demand until that moment because I generally try not to cry. Now, now but, when you need yeah. that, do you think back to the Springer show if you need to cry? Oh, you did those too? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> numerous times. Oh, you, the back in the day, that was like the thing to hop on. Are you hopping on the Springer oh, train? Yeah. Like, yeah. that was the gravy train. Well, that was the celebrity boxing, right? Yeah, right, right, <laughs> right. I wouldn't mind announcing some of that. That was my first flight ever in life. Was out to Chicago really? oh, wow. in life. Yeah. Wow! Oh my God! CW Pro. Wow, that's a, that is that's amazing. Well, you never know what opportunities are going right. to arise. Right. To be perfectly honest, and I mean, when those opportunities yep. arise, mm -hmm. sometimes it sounds like the method acting of mm -hmm. remembering dark times, or or just the uh, the realism, the really real. Living in the really real is how you yeah. can draw out those great performances that are believable and keep you and keep your motor running. Right. Yeah. Keep you engaged. I think. Um, Ryu, there's been a change in you. You know, I, I was. I, when did I meet you? In 2014. 2015, I believe. 15, something mm -hmm. like that. And, yeah. um, how long have you been wrestling? About five, six years. Five or six years at that point. And where did you get? Where did you get started? I started right. I would say like originally, like if I have to talk, like originally I used to train for this. Uh, other place called the House of Pain, and like in I knew the answer. <laughs> That's why I asked Rambo. you. Yeah. Yeah, but um, like yeah. unfortunately, okay. like yeah, John Rambo. In, up in Hagerstown. Oh, Rambo. Yeah. Okay. N W L N L. Right. Yeah. Drew Hankinson, Gallows came out of there. So I mean, like I had a good time over there, but like I didn't feel that I was gonna reach. The stuff that I wanted to reach right. in there, so that's why I came here to MCW because mm -hmm. I came here through Leo Rush, uh, Patrick, Renee mm -hmm. Michelle. I like I met them over there at the House of Pain, and mm -hmm. they talked to me about uh, MCW. So I looked it up, and I was like, "This is where I have to go." Mm -hmm. Wow, how how amazing that those three energies that you just mentioned, mm -hmm. who all uh, put their all into making it real. Mm -hmm were able to connect with someone like you mm -hmm. and take you from that environment you kind of got broken into mm -hmm. uh, and take you to the promised land, as it were. How important do you think it is for the, the foundation, the training academy that you, you're immersed in uh, to be as, strenu as strenuous and uh, testing as MCW Pro Wrestling's Academy? Can you talk about the differences about where you were when you broke in versus being around so like overall, like I said, like everything is all about foundations, you know, like the foundation is everything over there. At least I felt that like the training wasn't as serious. Mm -hmm. They weren't building a solid foundation for you. 
Because no. at the end of the day, if it all goes south, right, everything you've called or everything you have in your mind mm-hmm. all goes south, if you have that foundation, you can at least go and wrestle, right? Mm-hmm. If you lose it, top rope yeah. breaks, you can wrestle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you don't have that. Yeah, if you don't have that solid foundation, then. Mm-hmm. What are we doing? Right. Yeah, they, well, they were, sounds like they were being silly over there. They were having a good time. <laughs> Okay. You know, they did the thing where they had the free shows, you know, what was it, Tuesday nights or something like that? So, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say could, that yeah, it was it's... totally bad because at the same time, like, it broke me into, into, into the sure. business. Yeah. I got some experiences from there. For that. So I'm grateful for the experiences because I was able to learn to a right. certain extent. I was able to learn about myself a little bit there. Mm-hmm. But I feel that my training continued here at MCW. And at MCW is where I actually build my foundation. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't have met. Leo and Renee had you not ended up in the, it's funny how life yeah, works exactly. right Indeed. um yeah. and I also know I remember this vividly so when I came back there was a, there was a crew it was the it was Ryu and it was Ken Dixon and it was Joe Keys and his, he looked like a little pudgy frat boy like you know what I mean <laughs> pretty sure he had just graduated and yeah he was, he was a frat just boy. A baby yeah and and um Leo was, you know, Leo was run. Leo hit the ground running out of everybody, mm-hmm. and you guys, nothing against you guys, had to go through the normal paces of making it in this industry right. of those years of grinding. But you also did like I remember you, you, you not only uh, what you did in the ring, but you, you did a lot of things outside of the ring, like graphics and and videos and things to and make your yourself gear. valuable you and gear. gear. Right? Yeah. How important is that? Um. I feel that like in wrestling, it's all about advertising, you know, mm-hmm. like, like wrestling all like you have to advertise yourself on social media, you have to advertise yourself on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. So like being able to know how to do the gear design, to do the graphics, the video editing, like that, that has helped me so much because like, uh, it makes me seem as a product, it's by itself, it makes me seem larger than what, what can I what I could actually be, you know. I'm not saying that I'm not great, but no. what I'm saying is that it just like perception is reality. Mm-hmm. The way people perceive things, that's how they see it. So like the more uh, effort you put into your product, like the better for you. Right. I mean, and how many times have we all been on an indie show? <clears throat> excuse me. And the guys are in there with their generic gear that they ordered off of Amazon. Exactly, yeah. You know. I mean, high spots. <laughs> high spots. Oh, they sell it on Amazon too. Oh, they but, do. Yeah. So you can buy your generic gear, but you, you know, really, this was the investment that you made in your character. Mm-hmm. And I love seeing the elaborate things that you did. You did the inking thing for a while mm-hmm. with that yeah, mask. I mean, really like this dope, was, right? it was, it was unique and it was different and it set up, set you apart. But more than that, it showed that you cared yeah. about your product and what you brought to it. You didn't just show up in generic gear and, you know, where you had some other guy in the mm-hmm. locker room wearing the exact same pair of leggings. We, <laughs> we have about. Uh, we're all the three of us, twenty years in each, a little more yeah. or less, right? Yeah, a little less, but almost I'm, there. Well, I'm, I'm, 20. I'm twenty. You're twenty. <laughs> I'm twenty-two. Like, so you know, it, <laughs> it's it's I'm, it, math is not. I'm, I got an art degree. Ooh. Math isn't my thing. I might be wrong on that. It's it about right. <laughs> it's, well, you know, you were there before I arrived. You were already on shows, and I was like, you know, okay. Okay. Yeah, you were already on show. You're already having cat fights yeah, out there, you know, yeah. and I'm parrying t bars and whatnot. Um, so yeah, but you said something really smart, man. You said your product. What is your product? My product is Ryo. You're your product. I'm Ryo. Most yeah. guys, people don't. Girls and they guys get that. They don't get that in pro wrestling. You are your product. But you know something? It's funny again, and I don't mean to dwell on kind of the connection that was made, but all those individuals that you mentioned who brought you along, 
all of them were so focused on, I am Renee Michelle. I am selling this to the highest bidder. Mm-hmm. And, yep. you know, and right. Leo with the setups. I remember he used to travel with these elaborate setups. Yeah, those setups banners, for his, the banners. Yeah, yeah. For, his, for his store, his pop-up right. store. Um, yep. So, yeah. It's Dress just, for the job I remember want. the first, like, his first gimmick table. It was him and Patrick, and they had, like, iron-on shirts, you yeah. know? Like, I oh, mean, yeah, it yeah. starts he, there, but it's... He made them. Like, yeah, he, he yeah. He made them by himself. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and now, let me ask you, was that your hustle that you brought to them, or they, they taught you a little bit, or was it both of you guys teaching each other things? Like, to be honest, I've always been good at with graphics and stuff like mm-hmm. that, but... It was really like me riding with Leo to shows or or going with him to training that I really picked up those things because I would like ask him questions and he really and and you would always see him on social media and he would always mm-hmm. be like putting graphics in there videos in there so I learned that from him. Okay, awesome. Cool. That's what I want to talk about after this short break okay. is I want to talk about when you and Leo uh, would go on the road together with Joe Keys and Ken Mm -hmm. Dixon and some of the other things you learned and some of the places that you explored Mm -hmm. when we get back after this station identification. (laughs) All right, we are back. Before we went to break, we were just starting to touch on some of your many road trips that you took with uh, none other than Leo Rush and Joe Keys and Ken Dixon. And why don't you tell us a little bit about that, what that experience was like and the bonds that you formed and how that helped you to advance your career. Okay, so like, uh, as you guys can see me, like, I have an accent and all that stuff. And before then, like, I used to be really awkward. So at first for me, it was very uncomfortable because you have big personalities like Ken Dixon, uh, (laughs) Joe Keys, and like Leo Rush. And I'm just right there, just along for the ride. So at first, it was kind of uncomfortable for me, you know. But, you know, like, these experiences are important because that's what builds your character as a person. You learn from these people. Like, there's always something to learn from them. You really captured them all three in those imitations. Ken Dixon. <laughs> I know. Dixon. You can tell he spent a lot of time yeah, in the car right. with Yeah, him. you actually nailed it. <laughs> and then there's Ryan. And Ryan. No, I remember. Now, uh, go oh, ahead, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Okay, so I remember going to an event called StarCast. Uh-huh. And it was like a weekend of kind of. Shows and, and a little bit of hanging out and debauchery and whatnot. And you were still WrestleCade. 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 That's Starcast. WrestleCade. And um, yeah, you guys were they're, they're they're all there on their own dime. And and uh, I have a buddy Chris Sharp who's NXT UK and mm-hmm. NXT uh, referee, and they had a, a room for him. So I'm going let the let come on man, y'all stay up in the room, right? And so we we had some drinks and partied and had a great time. Um, and uh, I remember the, the next morning they were all slinking out early. They had to go. And I slept in a little bit. And Ryu comes behind me. He gives me a hug. And he goes, goodbye, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I said, that's a good... That's a good kid, man. Was was a, it, like wasn't, it wasn't like... I don't no. remember. Yeah, I said, <laughs> goodbye, Brent. Just, just, uh, Who all part of this? It was Leo and all of No, them, it, was, it was Dixon, Keys, Ryu, uh, Chris Sharp, myself. And uh, Oakley Woods. Oakley Woods. Oakley Woods, oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Was there. Wow, that was so kind and thoughtful. It was. Nobody else said thank you. Goes, yeah. Thank you, Brent. I've had a lot of wrestlers stay with me and party with them until the wee hours of the night. And never once have I had one. Coddle me in my sleep. Yeah. I said, that's a good kid. Wow. Yeah. So I appreciate that. 
Wow, I was just thinking that probably would not happen to me if somebody comes up and cuddles, cuddles me, me from behind. Problem, yeah. It might be from yeah. behind. <laughs> where where did your journeys like when you first started uh, in the Maryland Mid Atlantic area? What would be considered a long haul, a big road trip for you guys? I would say the trips through like CZW or. Oh, that's what I was going to bring up next just now. I was going to mention because um, I met you first. At CZW. I believe when uh, mm -hmm. you were riding up with. Uh, with Leo. With Leo, yeah. And um, Indiana? What's that? Is that Indiana or Ohio area? No, oh, that's no, uh, uh, Jersey. Oh, Jersey. Jersey. Oh, okay. Jersey. Okay. Okay. New Jersey. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, CZW is ran Indiana. It but feels remember... like it's far away. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But, the, you know, at the infancy of your career must have felt like forever. Yeah, it was like four hours. Like I live in Virginia, so it was like four hours to get over there because we used to go to uh, the Dojo Wars every Wednesday. That's what I wanted mm -hmm. to hear about. I wanted to hear about the Dojo Wars and not only that, but kind of like uh, your first kind of bubble, your first kind of bubble of like who Ryo is being introduced to the masses. And that was when you uh, didn't you do something with jo with Joey Janela? Where oh yeah, were, yeah, yeah. Uh, I used to do the uh, the Bat Boy too. The Bad Boy too. That's right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, so I, explain this. To, uh, I don't know what this is, so explain right. it to me and the fans. So, so first explain Dojo Wars. Okay. Yes. This is important because uh, CZW kind of dropped the ball during the global gimmick, and I feel like that they already had the blueprint for what any company mm -hmm. could do when you can't have fans, and that was the Dojo Wars, which was like a free-for-all. Anyone could come talk about a lot, it. A lot of stars came out of this, too. Well, a lot of stars came through. Through it, through it. You know, okay. this, right. this is what it was. Anyone could come. Okay, so explain what, the, yeah. what it is. So, like, the concept of that was that a lot of people uh, wanted to work for CCW to be on the main shows uh, because uh, CCW would be the place, the one place that if you get over on CCW, like, you can wrestle everywhere. So people would go through the Dojo Wars, um, which just would be, like, anybody could just come in uh wrestle wrestle for free wrestle for free wrestle in front of a, a small audience mm -hmm. and that's how you kind of work your your way up there it was like at the nxt i feel like they got the real the idea from beyond wrestling um and not just beyond rest their shows feel a lot like that and and started during that's like, really it's interesting, interesting yeah because right? we would get at the birthday parties we would get guys and girls who would go to the dojo wars who would then contact me and be like hey can i come work your birthday party and i'm like we pay in meatballs. If that's all right with you, then come on down. And we got people from that same thing. So I think it was just that it was a it was a whole group of guys and girls who were really hungry for ring time and working yeah. with experienced people. And it didn't matter if it was you know in front yeah, of you could try any 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 yeah. characters, any gimmicks that exactly. you wanted to try. You can just throw it out there, see what and sticks, and see what sticks. So how did you stumble upon becoming? I mean, because you 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 came to CZW Dojo Wars mm -hmm. as just Ryo. Soccer, soccer, Ryo. No, actually, my the first day that I came in, I came in as the bad boy too, because uh, at the time, like they were doing a uh, a gimmick where Joe Janela would have a new bad boy every single week. Okay. So uh, it came time for me, and like in the back, he just tells me, he whispers in my ear, and he's like, "I want you to say this," and I'm like, "What? <laughs> Are you sure you want me to say this?" And, I'm like, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, just say it." Okay, uh, okay, His invitations man. are on point, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, just say it. <laughs> so then, that I'm in... like Joey. <laughs> <laughs> With the glasses and stuff. But, like, we're in the match because we're, like, we're doing a tag team match. So, like, I do exactly what he tells me. I get in the ring. I'm in the middle of the ring. And I, I scream, My name is the bad boy, too. Dos. Dos. And I like 
Sex. <laughs> so was he? Was the idea like your foreign exchange student, and he's telling you horrible things to say? I don't know. He just told me to say that. that. I was like, okay. I think oh, at the time was... Joey was kind of uh, one of DJ's favorite uh, uh, wrestlers, performers. Yeah. yeah, and um, in as much, he pretty much got to do what he wanted to do, and. That was he what he wanted to do that night. He wanted, he wanted to have he wanted to Ryo as the bad boy to <laughs> come out he and loves say that. Yeah. But the thing is that, like, <laughs> it got over with the crowd and with DJ so much that uh, a few months later at Cage of Death, they actually made me do exactly the same thing. <laughs> you came out of Cage of Death, told this story, and you said exactly the, the same, same thing, thing in front, in of, the front of the whole audience, and everybody was chanting sex. <laughs> Sucks. Which is kind of like that play with the with the friends with benefits thing, you know, yeah, where exactly. it's like the you know. So that's something that I learned yeah. from both Joey, uh, from Joey Janela and Bruiser, is that like you got to stop taking yourself so serious. Same with Dean. Dean yeah. taught me this. Get you over. Stop taking yourself so mm -hmm. seriously. Just like get over yourself. Like have fun. Like wrestling and, and, is fun. And get over. And get over. I mean, mm -hmm. that's the rule. That's right? part. That's part of that. Like when yeah. when you're having fun, people are gonna have fun with you. Mm -hmm. Well, like like Dwayne Gill says, funny equals money. That was the name of the last show mm -hmm. that he ever wrestled on. Mm -hmm. um, and he made quite a bit of money being really? funny. <laughs> you know? Sometimes it's all perspective, it right? Like, it's right, where you come yeah. from. Mm -hmm. If you're Cornette, you're going, funny don't equal money. Because, well, guess what, man? I mean, you are kind of funny, but you made your money on some heat. But Dwayne Gill made his money being funny. Yeah. So, like... It's art, baby. And and Ryan, art. you were noticed. I, I remember, um, you know, seeing the whole Bad Boy Two, and like you said, it got over. Um, yeah. And CZW, what, what what year was that that you came out at the Cage of Death? That was uh, that was saying twenty twenty fifteen. Okay, oh, wow. twenty thirty. Okay. Wow, wow. So you guys time. crossed paths right when you were really getting that proverbial rocket strapped <laughs> to your rear end as far as your education goes. <laughs> it's uh, it's interesting too, like when you start. <laughs> For those who uh, are listening to the podcast, not the visual, one more time. <laughs> yes, that was the rocket, the okay. rocket. So I, I, you know, there's there's this period in this business where you sign up and start, and you have in your mind, you have in your mind like who you're who you're gonna be, and it never works. <laughs> you may get the opportunity to try it. And it really never works yeah, out that way because you're a mark. And I forgive me for saying I don't mean it in a derogatory manner, but you're a fan. You don't know you're not you're not an engineer. You don't know how to build the engine yet. Right. Period. So you have this idea of what you're going to be and you go out there and you try it. And it is literally a fart in church. Right. And so you go, OK, well, now I should probably start listening to the people who actually know. Yeah. So then you start taking on gimmicks and ideas that others have for you correct like soccer like i like sex and joy and once that starts to get over and you start to get over then what do you do you start making your own rules right and i feel like that's where you are mm -hmm. like overall i feel that like this whole journey is mostly about finding yourself you know mm -hmm. for everyone in here because like there, like people can give can give you a perspective of what they see of you but you have to realize that everything is subjective to people's interpretation, you know? Like some people might not like me because of the color of my skin. Some people might not like me because of the way that I talk. Some people might like me because I'm very good looking. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I that you brought that part up. I wasn't going to holler it from the stage. But, yeah. uh, but the, the point is that like 
it's all about finding what works for you yeah. and what works best for you is how comfortable you feel with that and that's something that pat brink taught me mm -hmm. like you got to be comfortable with in your own skin right pat brink of course for those who don't know um uh, is started at Bone Breakers, the original MCW Pro uh, Wrestling Training Center. Um, and he was there for a number of years, and then he became Genesis on the shows. Mm -hmm. And then he went on to become Calvin Reigns in FCW for uh, two developmental runs, I believe. Yeah. And he was just a he guest, was, he was a guest the coach, cast. number okay. 19 maybe or something. One of them. One of them, okay. Nicole was 19 and oh, so maybe was, it. was 20. I'm 20. sorry, I'm just, okay. I'm just doing the thing <laughs> Again, where I'm math, assuming. Again, math, not my thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good, I mean. And, and so he's the, Pat Brink, of course, he's the one that said you have to be comfortable. In your own skin. Mm -hmm. Same right. with, all the trainers have said that. Like Dean has said that, Bruiser has said that. Mm -hmm. But it's like, uh, Pat Brink, he said it that way. Dean's yeah. way was different. Bruiser's mm -hmm. way was different. Sometimes it's, hearing it from two different yeah. you know mentors mm -hmm. where you know maybe what one is saying isn't hitting the hammer right home but you get this perspective mm -hmm. and it kind of hones in on the the bullseye mm -hmm. there uh ryo i also saw you um because the timelines are very kind of tumultuous for me i saw you at a lot of ring of honor shows mm -hmm. i remember a lot of the times you would be traveling to roh shows whether it was tv or the pay-per-view and kind of um you know helping out you know whatever politicking a little bit right politicking yeah. kissing babies shaking yeah. hands joe cough mm -hmm. greg gilliland mm -hmm. um but did you ever get any opportunities that were fruitful uh that entire time and i feel like oh, it was a yes. number of years pretty much the entire time i was there it was like three years i i saw you the entire time did you ever get any i did i was um i was able to get into the ring of honor dojo uh it was it's a, it's a funny story uh like I wanted to try out for Ring of Honor back mm -hmm. in 2018, so I messaged uh, Dot Sinclair and I was like, "Hey, I would like to try out." And he was like, uh, "Hey, since you already done this tryouts and you helped us out, we can probably we can give you the same benefits without you having to do the tryout." So that's what he said at first. Okay. Oh. But I have to like ask over and over and over and over, like for a whole month, every single week I was asking him and he's like, not yet, not yet, not yet. And then eventually I showed up in person mm -hmm. at one of the shows in Baltimore. And then he talked to, that day he talked to Hunter after asking so many times. And mm -hmm. then That's the it. next day I was brought to the dojo just for one day first it was just one day mm -hmm. and then i had a match on the fly with uh, hunter and then after that i asked him is it, is it okay if i can keep coming to the dojo mm -hmm. smart like, yeah yeah you're so smart dude you're yeah. smarter than like look you're saying these things that mm -hmm. a lot of people it takes them years to get oh yeah and what you just mm -hmm. said right there was you realize that you have to show you have to be there in person you have to be there it's hard yep. to say no when you're right, right there. there and it, it is an out of sight out of mind uh, kind of, of sight, business out of seriously mind. it is and the second just brilliant thing that you did that takes so many people so long to learn is when you do something good or do it well ask for more you knocked it out of the park hey man can i come train here every week now yeah. that's how you get things more you know you don't ish the bed so to speak right, and right. then go hey do you mind if i become a student yeah. here no. Right. no you keep the car warm and leave mm -hmm. and then come go away for a while and come back but when you knock it out of the park you ask for more that's how you that's that's how you proceed and and knock through the glass ceiling so to speak yeah and so like i was able to i was so grateful that i wasn't able that i didn't have to do the tryout and on top of that like a few like a month later i was able to do my debut in ring of honor me being the first peruvian wrestler to debut for a company like ring of honor that's mm -hmm. what's up
when, when was that, Ryo? I, 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 when was that? The that was, I think that was after you left. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I had left. Uh, Where'd you I, go? It was uh, all over the place, Daddy. It was uh, October, <laughs> October, I think October 11, 2018. Wow. Uh, that was the year after. He's I on left. it. Yeah, okay, right on. And it was yeah. on TV? What was the, what was the... Uh, at first it was dark matches. It's just dark matches. Okay. Who, who, who did you have the best experience or learn the most? I feel I feel that every experience I had, I learned something. But the one that I feel that was the most joyful was uh, wrestling Red Titus. Ah, okay. Because uh, he's one of my friends. He's one of like like I, I he's another person that I listen to a lot. You mm -hmm. know, like Red Titus. I have a lot of respect for Red Titus, and I was able to get in the ring with him mm -hmm. uh, last year. So like to me, that was like that was special. You know, that's very very cool. So you guys, it's weird that wrestling's one of the only businesses where if you're friends. You kind of hit each other a little harder. You put a little more stink on, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's because there's a comfort zone, right? Yeah. yeah. And you can try certain, like certain things. You may not be, mm -hmm. hey man, I'm not. I don't know if this is gonna work or not, but let's let's give it a whirl. Mm -hmm. Let's try it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good thing I really don't have any friends. <laughs> I guess if I ever, I guess if Ruckus ever hit me with something, he'd probably do it a little bit harder than him. Oh, I saw. I saw. Uh, Black Jeezy in, in Nashville. Oh, recently. yeah. He's doing uh -huh. the whole uh, yeah. power. Yeah, power. Yes, mm. I saw him. I, so I don't know if y'all are friends or not anymore. But, uh, yeah. I digress. That, that's awesome. I wish I was there in Ring of Honor. Um, but I, it's, it's, I do remember the first Peruvian wrestler in Ring of Honor history, history kind of rung, rang a bell with me. So, yeah, that's a, that's it. How did that end? Did, did you just? Uh, did it end? It's not. It hasn't end. I'm still going there. Uh, I've been I've been a little bit absent throughout the pandemic, mm -hmm. uh, but I'm finally coming back. Um, so we'll see where it goes. That's right. I, I cannot. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I say I cannot judge the future. I can only control what's in front of me, and like whatever's in front of me, I have to do the best I can with that. Mm -hmm. Living the now, Good man. Good attitude. Great attitude. Deal with what's in front of you. Can you give us a quick recap of just some more promotions that you've worked for? So Ring of Honor obviously was a big uh, accomplishment working in MCW. But worked, where, uh, where else? I've worked for Evolve Wrestling. Mm -hmm. uh, I've worked for CZW before, Combat Zone Wrestling, mm -hmm. um, Coastal Championship Wrestling, MCW, Beyond Wrestling. Uh, I, I wrestle in Peru for uh, GLL, Generation mm -hmm. Lucha Libre. I wrestle wow. in Mexico. For, talk a little uh, bit about that real quick. Yeah, the Peruvian, talk about that. The Peruvian Generation X, how can people find it? What can they expect? Um, Your role us... in putting it yeah, and bringing okay. it to the people. Yeah. yeah. Talk about That's it. big. So, like, uh, this promotion, GLL, um, runs shows in Peru, uh, was hit by the pandemic. Like, because of the pandemic, they couldn't have any shows. Mm -hmm. Nothing, nothing. Everything's closed in Peru right now. So, the promoter asked me if there was a possibility that I could run, like, a taping in here. Like, bring my own guys mm -hmm. and, like, run a taping for GLL and I was like sure we can do it so mm -hmm. uh, I was able I was able to find um, a, a place to do it uh, a ring uh, it was a sponsor everything was paid for by the mm -hmm. promoter but I was the one in charge of like make like like I was like the director basically yeah. Yeah. I was the director I was yep. uh, I had somebody else help me book it actually one of the trainees uh, uh, Damon or Sakar Shaw mm -hmm. uh, he was the one that helped me book it because he, he has a background in uh, script writing mm -hmm. so he helped me book all the stories and stuff mm -hmm. like that and I was able to, I, I contact all the guys that I wanted mm -hmm. to put on the show and we recorded everything in one day it was, it was a like very 12 long weeks, day it was <laughs> 12 weeks worth of 33 episodes. matches 
uh, was, <laughs> I wrestled yeah. five Robert matches. Larry and I were the ring announcers. Yeah, it was a very oh, long so day. Fun. Yeah, okay, it, was, it was it was great, and you know what? It was perfect timing too because this was after we had all been like dormant for almost a year What's at this point, yeah. and it was like, <laughs> wait, there's something we can do, really? Light. And yeah. it was just, it was, you know, it was a really long day. There was a lot going on. The building so had no had no heat, so it was, it was really cold. really cold. But we were all just, I feel like we were just kind of glad to be there, you yeah. know, and yeah. and like just because it was the first thing any of us had really done in a year. And like this was my first time being in charge of a whole show, so mm -hmm. it was a different. It gave me a different perspective about things, you know, because like usually when you're just a wrestler, you're just a wrestler, but when you get in into the other scenes, the other parts of wrestling, such as the booking or like or, or like uh, the cameras, so you learn how to do all these things, the yeah. editing. Like John Rollins helped me with editing the show as well. So like so doing all these things, like you learn how to work. Uh, TV basically mm -hmm. you learn how to you learn about the cameras you learn about the booking right. so you just it just makes the experience even better like, so now Ryo as the director were you in charge of bringing the talent were you yes you mentioned mm -hmm. Tara was involved yeah so you booked everyone that appeared on this mm -hmm. international uh, program for, for yeah I brought yeah. everyone it was and I must have lost my that, number he wrestled on the show <laughs> I wrestled on the show wrestled five times he, he had a <laughs> title a match multiple times you can ask Tara I was I was like a monster. I was like everywhere. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, you, you were sitting up there in that little loft behind One, the two, camera. Three. Come right. on, guys. Yeah, no, it was a lot of Bring fun, you know. It, it was I was really thankful and grateful that you asked me to be a part of it. And I really, you know, I, it was yeah. just cool to be around people doing something like, you know, none of us, you know, obviously we hadn't watched the product because it was new, you know, so what you were bringing to mm -hmm. it, but it was just cool to be a part of something, right. anything at this point. Work that you know creative what I mean? muscle. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and it was, you worked your ass off that day. What, how do you know in Peru, it, 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 like the Peruvian, like Peru, Puerto Rico, they want blood and guts, baby. That's how they like it. Memphis, they're wild. They want some silly, like, you hit your, you slap my grandma and I'm coming after you. There's different <laughs> style. Yeah. In California, they want that wild. The wild, wild west. Wild, wild west. Mm -hmm. How do you know what they want in Peru? So Peru is still like a testing spot, you know? Like, I've only wrestled there once. And also, like, the audience is not really accustomed to wrestling. Right. Uh, so, like, to, for most of them, like, the only thing that they know is WWE. Mm -hmm. So the the wrestling style that they like in uh, in Peru is basically WWE. Mm -hmm. the, they like the promo, they like set the up promos, the match, the setup of the match. <laughs> the, the like you yeah. got to be a superstar. Right. Like, yeah, the backstage thing. Okay, you 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 are incredibly intelligent for being able to see the landscape. And and remember though too, they don't know what you don't tell them. So even if they if they like that and you want to switch up mm -hmm. a little bit, you have that elbow room because they don't they haven't had it yet exactly. right mm -hmm. and like and that's something that i think is very important for every single wrestler that don't just get in there just to like learn how to wrestle like learn about all these things mm -hmm. learn about all these parts of wrestling because overall if you have the whole picture it's so much easier for you to learn how to get yourself oh, over <laughs> yeah it was actually one of the things that was really cool about doing a whole entire day of tapings was that you it was like 33 matches it was all written out and you could see where the episodes were going which is not something that most of the time we have the benefit of knowing you know we normally tape one show in a day right. you know and then we come back next month and we tape the next right. you know the next episode and so doing a whole day thing like that was actually a really neat experience because yeah. you could see how everything 
flowed and how one match led up to the next match and this promo, you know, went with this one. So it was it was really neat. Good yeah. stuff, Ryan. And Ryan, you know what? We've gone over so many things, your journey, your beginnings, your ends, the advice. Correct me if I'm wrong, but on the last episode of Breakthrough, or was it the first episode, we saw you defend what is it, the International uh Open the Open International, international open, 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 open Challenge. challenge. Heavyweight champion, International Open Challenge World Championship, champion. Whoa, also known world, also also known as the IOCW, IOCW Championship. And we're going to talk about that when we come back. We That's do right. have to take a quick break, and right. we'll be back to hear about that title uh, championship defense. Forgive me, I won't get it wrong again. It's all good. It's, it's all good. Welcome back to the one, the only, the legendary MCW Cast episode two five. And we are here with the one, the only Peruvian sensation, the IOCW <laughs> International <laughs> Open Challenge World Champion. World. Uh, and, and a pretty just damn good human being, smart guy <laughs> in the business, young guy, Ryo. You know. I want to say something that you just said there for a second, Larry. You said world. A lot of times when we when we're talking about indie shows, there's a lot uh -huh. of world title defenses right. going on. You, you know, leave Delaware to have a world. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like New West, Hampshire is not the world. West Virginia has one. No. I remember working Mickey up there, yeah. and it was like the West Virginia Women's World Championship, and we were like, "What is this?" Well, one but, day they'll get around. But that. I want to say uh, the reason why I bring it up is because we joke <laughs> about it because that's just a thing. Like it's so stupid because you know that you're not defending it around the world. How However, you are actually defending this title around the world. So tell us a little bit about that. So, like, the title uh, or originated with this company called uh, Planeta Wrestling, which uh, is from Say Spain. Say that one more time. Planeta, Planet Wrestling. Planeta Wrestling. Okay. Uh, it's from Spain. So, originally, the title was supposed to uh, debut over there, but because of the pandemic, it was brought here to the United States. Um it's not only like sponsored by them, but it's also sponsored by uh, big wrestling pages such as uh, Lucha Libre Online, which is the biggest in Spanish-speaking uh, countries, uh, Mas Lucha, which is huge in Mexico, mm -hmm. and Action Wrestling, which is huge in Costa Rica. So mm -hmm. this four, uh, this four uh, companies uh, sponsor this title, and the way that they create, like their vision about this title is to bring it to every single indie around the world wow. not only in the united states but around the world because the purpose is to unite all the independent wrestling you might have the first actual world championship right legitimately <laughs> legitimate now, world championship on an episode of breakthrough which is the mcw uh episodic tv show you had uh your first challenge at least to the best of my knowledge in mcw yeah the um, first... from the ace as he calls himself laura diaz and mm -hmm. and it was a hell of a match. It really yeah. was. Yeah, it was. A, it was. I loved that match. Like that was one of my favorite matches. And the reason why is because I, I feel that, uh, I feel that Diaz, he's never been like put in a position where he can be seen like worldwide. You know, mm -hmm. he's never been in that position. And sometimes, and like talking about this with him, working with him was very special because I was able to see another side of him. Like, I remember talking to him specifically, and I was like, I need to know what you are all about. What is Diaz all about? What's, what, are, what are the things that are real to you? And then he explained to me the grievances that he had, uh, the, the struggles that he had, the things that he wants to accomplish, uh, not only in MCW, but in professional wrestling. So I use that as the theme of this match. So that's, mm -hmm. so you, because I remember I was, as a commentator for the show, 
you came up to me and you said, what's the deal? What's the deal with the title? And um, tell me a little bit about your opponent, your thoughts on your opponent. And you said this, you know, uh, Lord Diaz, Steve Diaz, as he's known in the in the world, um, is a guy who never got the ball yet. And never had that real opportunity to show that he's got the goods. And in real life, he actually feels like that. Sure, mm -hmm. absolutely, you would, right? And and who wouldn't? We, I mean, we know here in the studio, like that Diaz is 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 a very valuable player. Mm -hmm. But in his mind, he he needs to show it in that ring exactly. because as a wrestler and as a performer, you got unfinished business until you have either that great match or the series or that great run or that contract or whatever. Everybody has their goals, their mini goals and their long-term goals. And I think you provided uh, him with a great opportunity and, and homeboy took, uh, took full advantage. And, and like the thing that I feel that it was like the reason why I feel it was so special is because we talked about this and like, like I said, he was able to tell me exactly how he felt. Mm -hmm. And in the ring, I was very grateful or I was very happy that he was able to ex express it. He was able to express it mm -hmm. in the ring, and to me, like that was like that was amazing. You're in a you're mm -hmm. an interesting cat because you're sitting here as the opposition, but you're 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 building up and you're you're giving support to your opposition because you know that uh, in order for you to have the best matches, right? The other yes. the other person has to be on the top of his game. As yeah, well. and it's not right. just you hitting your ten spots in a row. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's you're working with each other. It's a dance, you know. And it, if you're not dancing with each other it's just going to be crap what's the emotion it's yeah. the emotion right you can hit the coolest falcon arrow and the girl and i don't give a crap right right but but or you can hit you know scott hall can take the toothpick mm -hmm. and do that and the place comes unglued mm -hmm. what's the difference emotion the, the familiarity the the reasons for mm -hmm. doing it and the connection to the people uh, as a performer and a person, right? Yeah, yeah. and it, it's actually kind of funny that I actually talk about this now because before I used to be exactly what you talk about. I used to be one of those guys <laughs> that I just wanted to get the spot in, and especially when I was teaming up with Bruce, which is something that I that I regret because, like, <laughs> when we were to teaming up that. together, <laughs> I just wanted to get my He's spots in yes. there. And like Bruce used to get so slow down. But he, <laughs> he, he knew you'd grow yes. out of it. He did. He definitely believed in you. It was it was a it's a chance for him to do something that he hadn't mm -hmm. normally done by teaming with you. And, uh, you know, it, it was fun for him. It made it fun. Yeah. You know. And, and you know what? Like, when he said slow down, at the time I used to think, oh, I just have to do my spot slow. <laughs> <laughs> but, but eventually, like, I came to realize, like, after, like, getting beat up so, like, broke my nose, chipped my tooth. After, like bad experiences i actually learned that you have to slow down right here right yeah. that's where it is so now that uh breakthrough match that we were just talking about uh -huh. with diaz that was in front of a very very small crowd um i don't mm -hmm. even know if you would you know necessarily say it's a crowd there are no small crowds only small well, wrestlers. okay so this was an inside this was a closed uh -huh. arena taping um people but is people it is people or people right. but what about doing that match a you know a rematch even um in front of our a regular MCW crowd. Now that we're getting shows back running again, coming mm -hmm. up in a few weeks, we got our first one back. Like, you know, do you have plans in the future to uh, defend that title here at, you know, MCW? I'm open. For, I'm open for everything. Okay. I'm open for everything. I'm just okay. waiting for the call. You know? <laughs> 
I'll, uh, you know, I know the people in the office, so, you know. Well, that's what I was going to say. The championship committee is going to have to Oh, God, that's me. The championship committee. That's me. Phil Stamper? You just starting things on Facebook. Hey, guys, who's the best announcers? Hey, guys, who's the best You'll have to... You have to send the memo to the Maryland State Athletic Commission to have the, that title recognized under in the in the yeah. state of Maryland. He says right? he's the president of wrestling. I don't remember going to the voting booth and vote you didn't for elect him. Freaking stamper. Uh, well, the only person who can make a president in wrestling is Cole Cabana, who is the uh, general ambassador of pro wrestling. Yeah. So, perhaps maybe he did that for Phil. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, another thing about it, it's smart to have that that championship because you're also guaranteeing that um you're gonna have a a lot of views a lot of views from different places this is true you know and and we've talked about this in a couple of episodes before that we are starting to see more of these cross promotional title defenses you know but yours is still unique in that it can literally be defended anywhere in the world and that's the Mm -hmm. intent you know um that these four companies wanted it to be Mm -hmm. so that is a a completely different spin you know and I'm just uh, very grateful also that they have given me this opportunity because it allows me to step up, you know, mm-hmm. it allows me to uh, keep working on my product. And it gives me like a, a new like a new challenge, just a new challenge, you know. And we don't these aren't like when you say these websites names and a lot of I'm sure a lot of American guys like we're like, oh, I don't know that. but this, these are huge in those countries in Costa Rica. These are the number one like for the Spanish speaking people, Spanish speaking people. They go for their wrestling dirt or wrestling news or so-and-so got hired so-and-so got fired this big match at this that's where they go mm-hmm. so these guys came together the the runners owners of the website why can't i think of the name of people who run websites help me help me guys webmasters webmasters <laughs> um what these webmasters came together and they said we need to get a representative and how did they come to your doorstep or did you go to theirs uh they it was I started like wor- a working relationship with Lucha Libre Online uh, because I reached out to them at first. So we did an interview, and Lucha Libre Online is the biggest uh, uh, place for Spanish speaking. Uh, it's run by Hugo Sabinovich, who's the former WWE uh, commentator for yep. Spanish. Hugo's and huge, yeah. Know Hugo. So uh, I had a podcast uh, interview with them, and uh, I got along with the, the person, the interviewer. And from there, uh, they gave me other opportunities to work with other people and mm-hmm. do the same thing, do interviews. And I just got along with people. And yeah. all of a sudden, they just call me and like, hey, I feel that you are the best option. Can you help yeah. us with this? Yeah, you you essentially like, became the plug. So I was like. In some terms, you know, you're the plug, you know. For real, he, get, he, he moves around. He mm-hmm. knows that's the connection. Right. But it, it's, if there's anything, if any. Young uh, upstarts in, in pro wrestling or any students are listening. There's, there's some valuable lessons here that Ryu is is trying to, to nail Homer, and he's doing so with the uh, subtle brilliance. But, like, you need to show up. Showing up is half the battle. It's three things in this business. It's hard work, talent, timing. You can't control the timing, but you can sh- control showing up, correct? Mm-hmm. I feel that, like, networking in other words, networking is like the most valuable thing. And I don't when I say networking, I'm not talking about just just coming up to people and just shaking hands and right. like actually talking to them, you know, like getting to know them, like 
like the reason why a lot of us like don't really talk to each other or like are kind of awkward around each other is because we, we don't, don't know like each other right or oh, no, we don't know <laughs> either we don't like each other we just don't know don't enough know each other, yeah. Yeah. we don't understand each other we don't know much about each other mm -hmm. so like i feel that just having like a connection with just having a conversation with somebody and getting to know that person mm -hmm. not only putting yourself over but like getting to know that person right it, like it helps you know it helps well, we, we talked at the beginning of the episode uh, to carry on from last week about that kind of cutthroat nature that the business often has a side of you know where well you know if, if you're getting a push then that means i'm not getting a push and yeah. so you know that there can be that kind of backstabbiness and you and, know you don't want to see someone else succeed but you know when you meet and, somebody like yourself who is beyond that and not looking at it that way that's that's refreshing expand you know expand your consciousness <laughs> there you expand go your consciousness. it's that's also right. like you don't want people that like i ain't letting you know too much about me you're gonna use it against me bro uh -huh. you know and and you are ryo is somebody who i can't tell you how many shows we'd be you know in the locker room and you know i'm putting on whatever my little silly boy shoes and you just come <laughs> and sit and just and and have a conversation mm -hmm. and run through um you you uh i i guess i convinced you that i had a talent for um guys with their characters helping guys with their characters you you bought into that um because i'm a big fraud but we yeah, all. Uh, and we all are we're all just big frauds but no i'm just kidding so but i do have a I, like i have a lot of experience that way and you would always come to me and we developed a rapport mm -hmm. over that should i try this should i try that and i you know early on said look man like can i be honest with you like i don't want to be this not like if it's stupid mm -hmm. and it's awful i gotta tell you i gotta tell you and there mm -hmm. was a few of them we ran through right yeah that, yeah. that weren't but it, it you're right in developing that rapport um a lot of people ask when they go up to wwe what do i do what do i do what do i do mm -hmm. develop a rapport with as many people as you can i'm talking find something in common that is not just wrestling talk about the kids talk about the dogs talk about whatever me and arn anderson both got the same gimmick claw talk about it all the time mm -hmm. that's right am i wrong mm -hmm. is that you're right? right you're absolutely right yep. like networking like but in a genuine way not like right. not just like trying to, to get over just because yeah right yeah. right because they can smell that all the way like a lot of like a lot of times i've not i know i've done this before because before when i was uh, younger i know that i just try to like be nice to somebody just so i can get a spot you know mm -hmm. i've done that before so i understand how it works i understand how the wrestling business works so in understanding how the wrestling business works coming out of a uh we're gonna say tough time for the entire world uh where everything was on pause what are your short-term goals, Ryo? What are Ryo's goals for this year? And a year from now, what does Ryo see Ryo being? So, like, uh, right now, what what do I have in front of me right now? I have the IOCW Championship. I have a few other projects going on, like GLL and a couple of other things. So, my number one thing right now is do the best I can with what I have in right now. Uh, I don't think too much about the future. Cause like sometimes like I feel like I can't I can't control what happens in the future, so I can only control what what's in front of me right now. But if I was to say oh what I would like in the future, I want to be I want to be working for the WWE. That's the place. That's where you want to be. Mm -hmm. Now in a landscape where we have AEW, we have Ring of Honor, we have Impact Wrestling, we have uh, MLW, um, NWA, DKM. 
New York City, NYC, WWE, that's where you want to be. Right. Has WWE ever had a Peruvian superstar before? Never. And that's why you want it, right? Never. <laughs> Perfect. Well, now, how close are you to the, get that goal? So I recently just did a WWE tryout. Shut up. Oh, wow. Yeah, like uh, three weeks ago, what? I had a WWE tryout. Wow. So. That's awesome. Congratulations. Uh, Thank uh, you. Uh, okay, so, like... A lot of people are going to wonder, what does that mean? Like, you did a tryout. What does that mean? A lot of people, in their minds, mm -hmm. it's what you show up and there's a black screen and they have, like, a young, mean gene or a guy in a bald cap. <laughs> going, like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, that was a hell of a match, you know, body slam. Blah, blah, blah. It's nothing like that. No, it's no they, like they that. blow you up, break you down. and um, It's very uh, physically and mentally de demanding. So they invited you, right? They invited me mm -hmm. for a trial in Orlando. You sent them a, bit, you sent them a package. What was on that package? I send in my promos, I send in my matches, my promo pictures, mm -hmm. uh, description about who I am and what I'm all about. What was your, what match did you send? Uh, the match that I sent, I, I think it was one of my matches with Dante, because I always, like, my matches yeah. with Dante have Chris. been my best match. Mm -hmm. <laughs> cool. cool, and so you got, who, who gave you the call? Uh, it was, um, what is it? Or the email. It was, I can't remember the lady's name, Kristen? but it was... It was uh, some lady. It was uh, I, Kathy. I can't remember her name right now. Maybe it was Cameron Seaman. Canyon Seaman. No, Canyon, I I talked to him it? before. So like it's funny <laughs> because uh, yeah. <laughs> years ago I tried to like I got his email and I messaged him over and over again, uh -huh. just like I did with Ring of Honor. And like he told me at the time, oh you're unready, you're not ready, mm -hmm. blah blah blah. So I kept sending over and over, and then I did the WWE website recruit thing. Mm -hmm. So then like. I was given a tryout early last year. Mm -hmm. I was supposed to do the tryout last year, like the same week that they shut down everything. Uh -huh. I was in Orlando. I was in Orlando getting ready for my tryout, and the first day of the tryout, they sent us back home. Oh, so wow. like, they, oh my yeah. gosh, so I, so close, and then you basically had to put press pause for a year. Yeah, yeah. wow. The entire kibosh was put on the thing. Mm. So now it's uh, it's amazing that three weeks, like three weeks ago, I finally had to do my trial that was postponed like a year ago. So. Wow. <laughs> so how, tell us about the tryout. How'd it go? I went pretty well. Like yeah. I had, like I had so much. Fun. Like I, I could tell that a lot of people were a little bit nervous. But I went there with the mentality that, like, a lot of people go there, oh, I need to get that job. This is my one opportunity. Right, right. I got I to gotta make it. But for me, it was more like, okay, I'm here with the best coaches in the world for wrestling. And, of course, I want to get a job. But the main thing that I want to do is learn as much as I can from this. Like, mm -hmm. because I know that they're not, you can't really find the perfect person. You can only find the the perfect person that you can like uh, train, you well, can develop like, somebody right. who's coachable. So I went there to uh, with the mentality that this is just another wrestling training day. Mm -hmm. I'm training today, and I did my promos, and I I felt very comfortable with my promos. I felt that I that I did really good, mm -hmm. and I'm very proud of my uh, my performance overall. I'm That's very good. happy with my performance. See, I can tell you for like I I you know I was one of the guys. As you know, when uh, in FCW, uh, as Dusty's, I like to call it Junior Booker, uh -huh. but it was assistant. It was Junior Booker. We're gonna go old school, uh, and uh, Larry, Larry's like coffee getter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so hey, everybody gets coffee at some point for somebody. Um, <laughs> now I was thinking of Nailer. You know, that's, every oh, time oh. you bring that up, I bring up because that's who I was. A little, I mean, like I, I was, you. I was, I was the you original. You were before Nailer. I was but, the original. Yeah, I yeah. was the Dusty because I was you know friends with the family so i but i got the notebooks like it was weird for me because i got the notebooks with 
all the reports, and I helped write the reports, and these people are my friends. But now it's like they even had to have the talk with me about being one of the boys in the office. And I said, yeah, blow it out. <laughs> I didn't listen to them at all on that. But there were guys that would show up, and they'd, they'd bring in 20 guys for these tryouts. Okay, we're going to sign three of these big monsters because we hope one of them has decent knees and Vince loves his monster factory. So let's get one of them. Uh, who, who else? This guy could do some good stuff, but you know, it's too indie. Didn't have a good attitude. He's, he thinks he knows. He, you know, wouldn't mm-hmm. listen, not coachable. What about this guy? You know what? He had a good attitude. He was fun. Yeah. Why not? Let's give him a shot. And that's it. It happens just like that. And what you're saying, what I'm hearing is the type of per you literally have to they're thinking do i want to be around this person six days a week for eight hours a day and you know if you if you have the right attitude i think you might be all right who knows can i ask you um just knowing um you know your your time with um leo and ken dixon and and you know a, a couple other folks how much did you know? How much knowledge did you have before going into the tryout? Like what pretty much the day was gonna be like? Mm. Like, did you have any kind of like? I did, I did. Just about because uh, what's it called? Uh, DJ High hooked me up with uh, uh, Drew Gulak. So like, I talked to Drew Gulak prior to the tryout, mm-hmm. and he like uh, he helped me with uh, uh, what's what what do I have to do with the promo? What do I have to do with uh, like how the trial is gonna be? So I already had an idea of what was gonna happen. So you did your homework. You were I prepared. I did my homework. I was prepared. It, it's was it still like because I remember it, it was the guys would come with their promo and they'd have it. They've had it for weeks. You could tell they've been sitting in the mirror and had it for weeks. And we'd say, "Stop! Who are you? Do that." And then they do one maybe as a baby face and you say, all right, switch it up, heel. Do they still do that? Is it still like on, thinking on your feet? Uh, so like the first, there was two promos. The first promo was that you just, uh, they just give you a minute to just show who you are. And then there was another promo that like they pair you up with somebody and you guys choose who's the face and who's the heel. And they basically put you against each other and the heel starts the promo and then the baby face starts the promo. So that was on the fly. Interesting. That was on the fly. That's good. That's good. So you, they see how your improv how you, chops exactly. Are. So there was you. You got to do it on the fly, and now you got to do it like uh, something that you already had planned. A lot of you know. Let me tell you something. When push <laughs> oh, yeah. comes to shove, and the smoke clears, mm-hmm. a lot of talk about probably sleeping in the back of my car, mm-hmm. eating ramen yeah, noodles. There was a oh, lot of that. I really- <laughs> Like, like enough. Yeah, so you had to give them something different, right? Yeah, you have to, like, they want to see, like, I don't think, like, they don't want to see who you are not. They want to see who you are. Oh. Like, they want to know who you are inside. Like, they want to know your personality. They want to get into your brain. And the best way to give that to them is just to be genuine. And yep. that's why you think of guys and, like Sammy Callahan and yeah. Rush with their, with their promos, probably, how they stood out from sure. the lot of all of their tryout. You know, John Moxley, another one. How can we make money with this guy? Indeed. Does he have anything in him that we can saddle, put a saddle on and put on freaking 7-Eleven Slurpee mm-hmm. Cups and make money? That's that's it, dude. Well, yeah. He's ethnic. Yeah. yeah. You know? He's Peruvian. Yeah. There you go. And you they're know? tapping into that's a Latin unique. audience. Yep. I would ride that home until, the, like, seriously, they're desperate for it. And pitch it to him because... Just because they got the job title don't mean they're the brightest. That's right, Brent. And you know something? One other one other thing, I'm sorry, Tara, no, uh, that you, you kind of has been a narrative with every opportunity that you've gotten is the persistence. Boom. 
You mm-hmm. kept texting Todd Sinclair over and over and over and over <laughs> to find out about it, you know, and so forth, so on and so forth. You have to stay on these people and they will not forget you. So the persistence yeah. is a huge mm-hmm. part so they, of the ladder to success. Absolutely right. Let's say, yep, yeah, because they eventually will have to say, we're going to, okay, I'll give him an opportunity because if he screws up, he'll, I'll be done with Definitely. him. Right. <laughs> but yeah. if he does great, I can take credit for it. Yeah. Right. All right, well, when we come back, we've got, uh, we want to talk about some other things going on in the wrestling world, so we hope you'll stay with us, Ryo. And also, we've got some fans who want to know a little bit more about you, so stay with us. You don't have to go behind the table again. (laughs) Man, that was my plan. (laughs) And welcome back to the MCW cast. We're back. How are some of the, uh, you know, we appreciate you guys watching. We want you to click uh, subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, what are some of the other platforms which we can be viewed at if you aren't viewing us on them right now? Uh, Twitch and Facebook and YouTube, of course. And if you're just listening and not seeing our beautiful faces, you can listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Radio Public, and CastBox. And big news coming out of the MCW office, the MCW Brass, July the 24th. July! July the 24th. July. That's right. Our first show back. And Resurrection. It is called, right. Resurrection. How Just like our old sh- first show back. <laughs> yes. We Resurrection. Have, we have resurrected more than once. All it right, would, it so would imply that we died, but we didn't die. <laughs> we've, we've died and come this back time was a few no, times. we got like nine lives. Previous, uh, previous um, resurrections have been of our own doing. This one was globally imposed. So well, this, this was, was like not Easter. What, Easter we, what we chose. So. so as excited as the MCW faithful is to come and see live wrestling again, to see the likes of our, our superstar like Ryu, we are equally as excited to have a full house once again. Because, I mean, like, think about it, Ryo. And even even as a, as a ring announcer, the energy, the, mm-hmm. like, it makes you feel like, what are we doing? Right. When there's yeah. no people there. Right. How do you know what's working? Right. How do you know what's, what's how they feel about you? Where you stand on the totem pole? without the people it's hard to do it without a crowd you know like we need the crowd Mm -hmm. without the crowd like it becomes something else it becomes something else well you know for from a ring announcer standpoint i know Mm -hmm. that um in there's some parts of acting that are called like sense memory where like you Mm -hmm. know if i go down the rampway at the mcw you know Mm -hmm. arena i remember what it felt like on a shamrock cup Mm -hmm. and i remember like waving to the people at a shamrock cup so I might not do that as uh, robustly as if they were actually there, but it's almost like the sense memory of the genuine way that Larry was walking to a packed house for a mm-hmm. Shamrock Cup, wanting to wave to Greg Papalukas. Oh, the good doctor's over there. Right. You know, like, you know, uh, uh, the faithful. Um, there's something to be said about uh, just just going with that and, and, and remembering the way that it used to feel so that it would translate across us genuinely. And I'm speaking from experience because I, I blessedly uh, was able to do a lot of shows during the global gimmick because they were all outdoor shows, mm-hmm. uh, which the deathmatch style of wrestling kind of lends itself sure. to. Uh, but I did have a couple productions that I did uh, that were closed set events. Mm-hmm. Um, and those events sometimes would start with like, all right, and then Larry, you come out. So like, there's not a soul in the building, right. you know, but damned yeah. if I wasn't like, 
hey, everybody, you know, like that, you know, <laughs> right, like, right. we're about to get this show started, and I'm going on down the ring, you because know. Because you're right. working for TV, too, exactly. right? Exactly, exactly. Right. But right. the way that you can pull that off genuinely is just to do that technique of sense memory of, like, oh, I remember how I, it right. was, like, so hot in here, and it was like, oh, and then I saw that guy, that guy was, you know, so. Yeah, and you're yeah. right, like, you just get in this force of habit, like, I know, um, for myself, like, I would, you know, you, you're always talking to the person in the back of the arena, you right. know, so you're projecting out. So when I would go out, you know, um, I get a little nervous sometimes, you know, um, and the lights are on and I would see the people in the front row, didn't make any eye contact at all right. with people in rows two through 20. But then I was looking at that person in the very back and, um, you know, and I used to do drama club and stuff in high school and yeah. middle school and all and it was that same kind of thing you know you'd go out there the and you could see, style. you know mm -hmm. you could see the people immediately in front of you and then you could look out to the people all the way out so like you you do just kind of still do that whether there's 10 people in there or zero people or 100 people you still kind of it's ingrained you, yeah it, it is completely ingrained mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. in you it's you know so to do strange it that way. right because because with television now it seems like there would be there's a lot more room for wrestling to become subtle Right, they can get the close up. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, homeboy getting his face dragged on the on the rope and doesn't have to, you know, sell right, right. all yeah, yeah. this, you know. Um, mm -hmm. But it, it's it's a, it's one of those things with wrestling that it walks that line. Yeah. What what it, what do we what is it? What are we doing? Like, are yeah. we are we still? No, we're not still doing to the live audiences, so to speak. Not since we've been ingrained, it's been yeah. really like to TV. TV is the thing. Mm -hmm. The cameras. The cameras. And you can and you run into a lot of people who don't know how to work TV. Um, you were blessed because you caught on early. You were mm -hmm. blessed because you caught on early mm -hmm. with the hard camera. How many people just don't know and don't even get with the production crew? Like, hey right. man, on this on this thing, when this, I'd like you to catch this drama in this mm -hmm. moment and they just kind of expect it to, yeah. yeah or you know and, and they don't even make an effort to find out like where the hard cam is or something like that so they're you know they're putting a rest hold on each other you know and there's and no such thing as a rest hold you know but you know and it, it's just that kind of thing i will say i worked a show not long ago that had two hard cams that was a new thing no that's not a that's not a real thing it's not a real <laughs> well thing. it was oh, I, I, from, like, I went out no no one was here and one was here and i was like well all right so no, i just like kind of position, i positioned myself like in the corner so i was looking out this way at both of them i was like well that's a new one okay, okay. you know I, I don't know for like but a hard cam and a custom cam uh like they were both on tripods hmm. that's okay. and there was a floor cam i know it was you know Weird. <laughs> but it's that presence of mind to like know where you are at all times and how to work to whether it's like you said an empty arena you know a full arena a yeah. packed crowd a tv crowd TV or crowd. you know a live yeah. crowd it, it's being adaptable and knowing how to do that and, and that's why i feel that it's important for wrestlers to not just only learn about the wrestling part but also learn like i said before learn about the other parts yeah like me editing the shows for generation wrestling has helped me learn about the cameras more so now it's easier for me when I wrestle, when I work shows, it's easier for me to like do the kick out and then look at the camera to show my expressions. Yes. Or like. Because you know you're aware moments. of the camera. Yeah. <laughs> you now know I'm more aware. Before yeah. I wasn't as much. But yeah, like. You were aware of it on one, one end of the spectrum. One, mm -hmm. Exactly. And what? I, I think all people who are wrestlers should be a, a referee, at least, yep. you know, for a, a stretch of time because yep. that, that 
plate ring placement and awareness and presence. Horseshoe. It you was part of mm-hmm. get that anywhere else. It was part exactly. of the curriculum. There was it several was. times. We did it. Chad used to be like, "Larry, you're the ref." Absolutely. You know? and I'm like, I am. You know. I'd be I'm... down there, the only girl at Bonebreakers. Tara, yeah. you can ref. I would ask them, "Can I? Can I?" And right, like, right. You want to? And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah of course <laughs> I want to." Like. Because it's only going to make what I then get to do, you know, better. Yeah, yeah. I you mean, know how to use the ref. Right. And, and like, uh, shout out to John Rollins, the second one. Like, his, with the editing, to learn how to do, uh, leave things that you think are so important and you love them on that cutting room floor. That's art, man. You got to be able to kill your, your favorite thing and leave it. That's art. And, and put yeah. it together. It's, it's, it, it does. It gives you a different side on it, man. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Uh, the the you can make like a like an average match with this editing stuff. You can make an average match look like, seem like a main event. Exactly. And, and and there's that thing too of the weird thing in TV where it's like the register that period of registering. So something happens in the ring, but it hasn't happened yet to the people that are way back there or on TV yet. So. If you're up on the 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 second rope yelling at a guy mm-hmm. walking down the aisle, the camera still hasn't cut to the guy in the aisle yet. So it has to cut, so they have to see the guy in the aisle. Then they have to come back to you, and you have to still be up there. You can't be over on the other side just because that's what feels natural. Right. Yeah. How long are you gonna... It's a weird uh, game, and that's what separates the good from the great, the guys that know how to work that TV style and that don't. And guess what? If you don't, it gets exposed. That's right. Pretty damn yeah. quick. I tried. Uh, <laughs> that's another podcast episode. So now we've got that live show with a full crowd coming up on the 24th. Uh, first and second row, I believe, are already sold out. Sold out. Know, Get them while they're hot. Absolutely. People we are, are ready. This will be a sellout show. People are hungry. Um, but we've got one more breakthrough show that's going to air on July 7th. So this week, uh, oh, awesome. we have episode cool. three of Breakthrough is airing, and that all kind of Catch everybody up to speed on what to expect when we make the big return July 27th. So. I don't know about the rest of you. 24th. But... 24th. 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 That's, that's, yeah. I don't uh, know about the rest of you, but I really have been enjoying the breakthrough episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they're they're pretty great. Like yeah. the, uh, the episode two started off with a match with uh, Eric Martin and Dante, Dante Caballero. Mm-hmm. And... It was it was a great match. It was a great match. Even even sometimes when you call it, you don't even really register as it's happening. But afterwards, like watching it, they I mean, it was it was a it was a hell of a match. And yeah. um, to think of the amount of talent. Number one, MCW has a great rep, right? Been around forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're going to get something quality when you come here. From and when you were where you were coming from, you knew coming through these doors it was going to be different. It was going to be you'd have to step up your game, correct? Yeah, like the first time, the first live event that I went to for MCW, there was it was like at Michael's Eighth Avenue. Ric Flair was oh, there. Yeah. It was like over two thousand people in an indie <laughs> show. Yeah, before that I was accustomed to just like ten people. And, right. like, wow. and, and you walk. It's a big difference. You yeah. walk out and you go, oh. This is what it's supposed to be, right. right? This is where I want to be, right? <laughs> right, and so like they're, they, they a lot. It's interesting too because MCW also, you look around, look around here, and you look around in the uh, in the arena. They're gonna make you look good if you come here to perform. Everybody wants to come here to perform. Um, what's his name from AAA? Sam Adonis, I believe. Oh yeah, AAA Sam Adonis. He wanted to come here to perform because mm-hmm. you're gonna look good coming out of that. Uh, stage mm-hmm. and that ramp with that 
yeah. uh, visual. And it has so it has evolved so much because when mm-hmm. I first came in, it was like a different setup. Now we have a screen in there. Yeah, yeah. we got LED lights. lights. <laughs> yes, indeed, we do. Well, not notwithstanding the matches that a lot of which you and I were there for, um, I am really enjoying some of those backstage segments with uh. You know, uh, the winner's Rick. circle, the oh. Dineberg bit, and the, uh, you know, oh, Phil Stamper. Robbie's segment was my favorite. Robbie, when he was like, hey, hey, hey. Oh, he, yeah. was people, he was showing the students how to do it. Hey. I have so much fun doing the backstage stuff. Like, I just, I think it's fantastic. But you know, it's not to it. It's, yeah. You know? It's so much fun, and it's just, it's something, mm-hmm. you know, that I didn't know that I would ever be doing, like, writing and putting promos together and stuff and, and doing that. And, you know, it, 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 there's so many different mm-hmm. things. I tell every training class that comes through the doors, like, if you don't make it as a wrestler, find something else here and we will, we will keep Get in where here. you fit like, in. Right, yeah. right. Like not everybody's out. going to be successful. Like, most of you aren't. Like, no, wrestling there's... was not my thing. I was not great at that, you know? But I could talk and I could do other things. And you can so, run, if you can you run know. a shop. Yeah, so... you're, you're, ter- you're a terrifying woman. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, we all have different things right. that we add to it. You know what I mean? And that's, like, you're talking about being a whole package. That's what makes someone have longevity in this field. Mm-hmm. And that's what lets people remember also like also feel that he has to do a lot more with direction Mm -hmm. like for example let's imagine that we have a car okay and it's on full tank but you don't know where you're going so what's going to happen eventually like the car is going to run out of gas but what if you put the gas and then you know exactly where you want to i want to go home so then Mm -hmm. you just go there so that's 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 something else that I'm talking. Let's let's say that the gas represents your energy or your passion for wrestling. Mm-hmm. So I feel that like the problem that a lot of people have and why they don't make it is because they don't know where they're going. Yeah, they, they, they yeah they they have no mission, no goal in mind. It's just I'm gonna show up and do like what yeah. do I, you know what question I ate the most the most is when a guy comes up and goes, what do I got to do to make it? What do you got to do to right. make it, bro? <laughs> are you kidding me what do you got to do to make it yeah like it like but where do we start right you know what i mean but it's such like a lazy question and a lazy mental what do i got to do to make it a lot more than what you're doing Mm -hmm. right like and and the game plan it never ends up how you think it's gonna end up it Mm -hmm. never does uh but Everybody has their own path. Everybody does, you know. And and now that you've gone to the WWE tryout, I'm curious uh, with with what happened there. I know you can't probably talk about too much. Can't it's I kind don't. of a top secret. Uh, and you and you want to be you want to be smart because you mm-hmm. don't want to say too much. And then you know you never know. Maybe Scotty Too Hotty listens to this. And he's like, oh, that he little jabroni's a, talking about us. He's been a lifelong employee, I got to tell you. Man, I brought that where, up. I brought that no, up. He yeah. knows where the bodies are, yeah. Oh, yeah. So don't nod. You don't nod at that. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> but, but no, but I was curious what the feedback was. What was what, 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 how did they feel about Ryo? Did they say, hey, man, this is what you need to work on? Or, hey, man, this is what you're doing great? What Any, any kind of feedback? Well, there's two things that I know from there. The first thing is that they don't give you any feedback. Ah. They do not give you any to nobody. They didn't give anybody any feedback because they knew you were uh, going to be on the cast. Because <laughs> <laughs> because they're still testing you even after the yeah. tryout. Mm. They're still looking at you like the trial is not done. No, they're checking mm-hmm. our social medias probably. They're, they're checking, checking everything yeah, that we're doing. They definitely are. So like they have a, and they have a stooge in the in the tryout as as one of y'all. 
I mean, I know this for a fact. Mm-hmm. That's like, how they do it. It's just like the Price is Right audience. They get you. It's, 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 <laughs> they, you know, and they and they want to see because they then they'll have that stooge, you know, stir it up and be like, oh yeah, you know, God, a train's a real asshole, you know, yeah. whatever. <laughs> like, and, and and they want to see if somebody jumps on it and goes, Coach Bloom, so and so, you know. So you got to be careful. You got, and that is that's how it's still cutthroat in yeah. that way. You still got to protect your neck, and mm-hmm. um, there's a way to do it without putting everybody over, but without burying everybody. Uh, it just, you know, I, you know, it's a tough, it's a tough deal because you want to mm-hmm. show personality, but you don't want to, you know, overstep your bounds. Oh, this guy's just, you, you know what I mean? What's he? Who's he trying to get over on? So it's, I, I don't know, and it depends too, like. Did you when you got down? Did you have to room with someone? Did they they have that worked out for you? Or? No, they gave us. A, they gave me my own room. They gave me my own car. So I excellent. Was, nice. Damn, times have changed. Well, I mean, they let go of so many people. That means they obviously got. <laughs> yeah, but I think it was also uh, yeah, it was know? also COVID COVID uh, regulations, uh, and also it was uh, a smaller trial. There was only like like uh, uh, it's usually like fifty people. Yeah, uh, there was like twenty people. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. All okay. right. Well, you know, Ryo, this has been. 100 percent enthralling and i think we could we could keep you in here for a whole nother hour but we definitely want to talk about some fan questions yeah. you know with our, our coffee club members they mm-hmm. donate to our our cause and making sure that we're nice and caffeinated but also they get the the first opportunity to ask questions of the the guests that we're going to have on the cast so terry do we have any questions we this do week we've got a few Ryo? we have a few um one would be uh who would be your dream opponent past or present i would say john cena <laughs> Okay. <laughs> da, 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 da. That's and why, all those and birthday that? parties you work, well, isn't it? <laughs> it's because um, it's because like like to be honest, I didn't. I grew up in that era in two thousand six. That's where I started. Yeah. That's when I started watching that ruthless wrestling. aggression. So then, like John Cena was my guy back then, mm-hmm. or he's the one that inspired me to like wanting to become a pro wrestler. So like I I feel that like that's that's the thing, John yeah. Cena. Okay, well that actually that was another question further down from someone else that said who was your childhood wrestling idol and why. So kind of segue into that. Just John Cena, huh? Uh John Cena and also Daniel Bryan. I would say John okay. Cena got me to like uh, wanting to be more know to know more about the business. Once you but Daniel Bryan kind of like got me to like it kind of inspired me to become a performer just because uh he a main event at wrestlemania just being like a short guy okay yeah. just the okay. average he's the average guy right he, uh, well that's at the beginning i kind of touched on the idea of this representation and how important it is for say the young peruvians to have a role model to look up and say hey that guy on tv looks like me yeah, not, you not know, only john he, cena does not look like you exactly <laughs> but like he was able to still reach you you know mm-hmm. and and there weren't any role models that looked like you in wrestling that's or that important. sounded like you that's it's a huge huge thing you know yeah. it's it really is and i can't you know I, I don't know that everybody really necessarily knows that but pretend you're a young kid in peru or any other place and you know you turn on the tv and you don't see other you know peruvians oh you see you know? John or south americans or south americans or right mexicans there's puerto ricans sure. there's no uh, south america right i'm right. pushing my boy Ironside Mike Braddock, he has one leg. You know why? I grew up in pediatric hospitals. Nobody looked like me. Nobody had my story, right? right? So it, it's difficult because disabilities, like, they gotta be, it has to be believable, right? So it has to be like a dude that's a, you know, a bad BMF, but 
like just to that point, it's so important to have that representation yep. because wrestling, they they are human superheroes, mm -hmm. and we want to connect. We like who we like, but we want to connect with the guys that are like us, like the New Day. It's one of the first uh, uh, black performers, group of black performers that aren't doing a black trope or uh, yeah. stereotypical gimmick. You know what I mean? They're not. Well, I mean, they're yeah. not the gangsters. They're not the. Yeah, well, it may have started out a little churchy, like that was a little. So they made it their own, though. Well, exactly. I mean, they, they do. They do like to dance. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> okay. I mean, that's like kind of their. That's kind of their okay, deal. Okay, okay, but yeah, you know, like, you know, they got a Everybody long way to go. Dance. Then they do. It does. It does have a long way to go. Well, I mean, I'm I like, not a black. Man. I like I to dance. Right. Um, you know, and I think that if the new day were three. Uh, you know, Caucasian. I like pancakes. I mean, I like I to dance know. too. I, I just got something in I got something in common. It isn't dancing. <laughs> I I love the new day. I love the energy. It seems genuine. You know, yeah, it seems like genuine fun. joy. They, right. they seem like they different. like dancing to that song. Yeah, you know what I mean? We had, um, when we had Ghetto Mafia in the studio, we were talking about that kind of African American trope. You know, that, yeah. that Ghetto Mafia. You know, yeah, well, like that. Hey, that's, that's really look. Good to know. And you know, and how that was. You know kind of almost expected you know yeah I mean? well we so got the seeing... two black guys let's put right. them together right yeah. right um, exactly put a gold chain on them right you know? exactly so all right um what is something that you like to do outside of wrestling we were just talking about the new day you know they play video games you video games sports what do you like to do i like to read books okay what kind of books all right uh, just like, like what's your genre I, I've been reading a lot of like out of the box theories, like like very like all the stuff that I talk about expanding your consciousness okay. and reaching the divine state of mind is something that I really got into. And I actually I enjoy reading stuff like that. Like they're like spiritual or okay, things that so are like a little existential. The God, equi the God equation. And the okay. reason why I like it is because somehow it connects with me, like in a personal level. And I've, and that's why when I do my character stuff, like that is me up to a hundred. Mm -hmm. Like over the top, interesting. Okay. So like like my character is based on my real life. Like I actually like this type of things. Mm -hmm. so. I mean that's the most genuine way that you can be. Right. Turn it up. If you weren't wrestling, what would you see yourself doing? If I wasn't, I never thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> I only have one well, option usually, and that's what Ooh. I want. So okay. Right. No, that's okay but, too. Uh, all right. Well, everybody else says you need a backup plan, I that get, kind of thing. You don't want to be seventy and still hobbling oh, in the ring. Like if it wasn't for if it wasn't wrestling, that's something that I really enjoy doing is like uh, is a uh, booking booking shows. Okay. I like uh, I like that part. I like the storytelling. Okay. Overall, I love I love I love telling stories. Mm -hmm. That's my favorite part. Whether it's like wrestling, like I I, I would prefer wrestling, but right. like just being able to tell a story, whether it's yeah. like as a, as a writer. Or like booking stuff like that. That would be that would be pretty cool. Well, pretty nice. Ryu may be the story of a Peruvian man came to the U.S. on a dollar and a dream, went for it, was smart enough to listen and observe the landscape, and then found out that he himself is the product. When you do well, ask for more, get over all these lessons that most people don't ever learn or if they do it's way late in their career and you learned it early and i hope that you end up being the peruvian superstar that came to america and did good and made good I'm i think that you it. already are proving yeah. that right now and you've got yeah. a whole lot more to share uh with with the masses yeah, I and i think you've got a great story also i want to give you a shout out happy birthday yesterday uh, <laughs> thank <laughs> you thought you. we weren't gonna notice yeah so happy birthday uh, thank you Dara. thank you <laughs> did you do anything it. special to celebrate 
Oh, I went to the beach. Then I went through like nice. uh, I wanted to do skydiving, but they didn't let me. So uh, <laughs> I've never done that. I'm afraid of heights, but <laughs> oh, I really want I'm to try skydiving. I'm afraid of heights too, but I really I, want to try. That's why I want to do it because yeah. I want to push myself and yeah, do it. Yeah, I would love to do something it. Something like that. Yeah. It's All funny. right, I'm tandem skydiving. Let's go. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. All right. Let's do it. Yeah. That could be an adventure, right? Yeah. That'll be a that'll I don't, be a I don't, I, on location one. I don't I don't need to to set myself up for accidents. They just sort of happen to me. So we really need to stage it. Yeah, I'm gonna pass on the sky down. And I was just throwing it up. Stuck it rolled right down and fell in the Well now I wanna go, so can we do this? Well let's just see if we can make it happen. All right, fine, we can do that. All right. Well do you have any do we have anything else? That was it for my questions from our fans. Thank you again for doing that from the Buy Me a Coffee group. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't have um Let's end this strong, guys. Yeah. You well, just let's... yeah, yeah. I mean, can you just came back from a bloodbath? Can yes. you tell me the most interesting thing you saw this weekend? And we'll go out on that. Just the wildest thing. I mean, the weekend was kind of a blur because it was a uh, it was a cannabis infused um festival. I guess uh I guess, know, the most, or... I guess the most interesting thing that happened to me was that I totally bombed during a musical performance. I had a, uh, <laughs> along with uh, all of the cannabis and wrestling that you could stand, there was um, there was musical performances all weekend long. Uh... And uh, two of the artists were kind of friends of mine, uh, one of which who, Chay Flame, had me featured on the beginning on one of his tracks, uh -huh. and then uh, he has me featured on the end of another one, and he. Um, Are you announcing or rapping? Yeah, doing it's like the I'm, I'm doing. I'm doing. You're like, ring announcing them. Yeah, kind of like you remember back in old hip hop, there would be drops like, yes. "Damn, son, where'd you find this?" Uh, <laughs> like, and stuff right. like that. So I'm kind of like uh, that personality, uh, but bringing them out like with a grand introduction as yeah. if I'm oh, right that's here cool. at MCW. Cool. Right. So you know, we're working with the tech. You know, it's kind of like playing off of an iPad and. I couldn't get my my music. I couldn't hear it, you know, to start. There's no snare my in my headphones. Yeah, it's like I'm just flying off the seat. So I, I ended up botching the beginning <laughs> and the end. Oh. Um, but you know, again, like I said, I'm kind of still in this haze. So I don't think anyone really cared. Or well, I was going to okay. ask, were were you too high, or was it just you couldn't hear the music? <laughs> I couldn't hear the music. Also, I'm not. A, I mean, like I've done concerts before, but uh -huh. there was no like. Dry run, but this is no. our first time doing this cold in front of people. Right, right. So right. someone was bound to kind of maybe trip over the microphone cord or not have the levels right, and uh, I was, uh, I was the. How, how did you know that you messed up? Well, for the the intro, there's only certain amount of there's certainly amount of bars. You stepped on him. You stepped on him. Well, well, I heard his part. Well, I mean, like it's like a pretty elaborate intro where I'm talking about how tonight you're gonna meet mm -hmm. the undeniable the uncontested the uh, a, ra a rapper braggart i've well, never heard of such a thing so well i'm bragging for him right you know okay. i'm bragging on his behalf mm -hmm. and what happens is eventually the track starts it kind of cuts uh, me the announcer off and it starts and he just goes i i, I am jay flame and then you know you know back for uh, you right i was way late uh, so he had no other choice but the good but job. to like grab the microphone they didn't have multiple mics but he had to like kind of grab it from my hand and i'm like standing there like oh yeah i kind of <laughs> wasn't where uh, I needed to be for that. Uh, then happened. for the outro, it was kind of like Paulie Dangerously Inspired, where I'm kind of like talking on a phone mm -hmm. about how much money Jay Flame expects to have at the mm -hmm. end of his performance. And um like phone tap by the firm. Yeah, and AZ and Nas, yeah. yes. Uh something like that. 
But again, with the music and kind of the haze of the day and the festival, I was just way off and messed up the lines and kind of was just standing there at the end of the performance, like on the, <laughs> on the stage, like a casino. It's a, this is a casino and a festival, so people are. We wouldn't really gather a lot of people, but it was just another kind of like embarrassing like oh hopefully everybody else was partaking in all of the um like i said extracurriculars I that weekend so nobody it noticed. wasn't streamed you know the, <laughs> the shows that i did were streamed and they were stellar uh but i i'd say that that was an experience <laughs> that was wild for me other than that you know i do this what yeah. about so the death matches were you know it's another tuesday yeah. at the office indeed uh, so hey on that note of botching that to book larry legend uh, <laughs> dm may him or may not botch something <laughs> well, i mean that's kind of why i i kind of made a name for myself with like botching things even though the price is right i didn't know the, the last name of the announcer oh, um, you know, that's it's real that's bro. Not the first time it's that I've, yeah not the first time that that's happened it happens it happens. Well, Ryo, thank you so much for joining us in studio today. It's been really interesting hearing all of these many sides to you. And um, I think we I speak for everybody in the MCW fan base that we can't wait to see what you're going to do next. All right, thank you. Thank you. Thank I appreciate you. it. Go get them, champ. Yes, thank you, Ryo, for joining us. Episode 25, we're going to wrap it up real quick. want to give a shout-out to Kimani up at NYC Starbucks Love. Ryo, our guest for Brent Tearing and the lovely Tara. We'll see you next week on Tuesday at 8.